Welcome to the Daily Objective, day 95 of the War in Israel. I'm joined by James Valiant. How's it going, James? I'm well. How are you, sir? Uh, well enough. You know, as I told you before we went live, I've been preparing for the reality show, which is coming up after this show by watching uh, the video we're going to talk about with Russell Brand and uh, Norman Finkelstein. So I have been better in the last hour or so. But, I cannot have made you well, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've already we've already done a Finkelstein episode before. Um, you know, and uh yeah, it wasn't it wasn't fun, but it has to be done. Yes. Um yeah, nonetheless, and, uh, my condolences. <laughs> and uh yeah, not, day ninety-five, you know, um uh yeah. the news that has come out is is uh, it is a bad day in Israel. Nine nine soldiers uh, have died today. Uh, or died yesterday and that was reported today um yeah that's that's the kind of thing that you don't hear about in uh in the media in the west which is shocking how many to me air because... raid sirens have gone off across israel in the last 24 hours i mean we've we've heard that the attacks have really stepped up actually have they not yeah yeah and this is uh again over three months since since the the war started uh israel uh, Israel has uh, has you know gone out of its way to prevent civilian casualties in Gaza. The price of that is the goals of the war, which is uh, defeating Hamas, releasing the hostages. Uh, that second point, I think you know we've talked about, is uh, problematic in in many ways. Um, but but yeah, we're actually we're going to talk today about the other fronts because October seventh was that moment that Israel said, you know what. Uh, we we've woken up. This is a bad situation. We can't we can't allow it to continue. We're going to destroy Hamas in Gaza, uh, specifically in Gaza. Hamas exists in uh, in the West Bank. It, it, its leadership exists elsewhere. Oh, they've got yeah. leaders in Qatar. They've got leaders in Lebanon. They've got leaders even in Turkey and Egypt. The yeah. the people who helped plan, organize, and of course the suppliers of this all, Iran, uh, they they supply the weapons and the money for these people. Uh, so, uh, hmm, you know, this whole fear of escalation. I just want to say something about how this term escalation is being used these days. Uh, it is an anti. As objectivists, we have the perfect word for this con this pseudo concept. It's an anti-concept, as Ayn Rand defined the term anti-concept. The example she used in her own time was extremism. And so she would say, wait a minute here, what do you mean extremism? If you're opposed to, say, aggressive violence, well, then say you're opposed to violence. Don't say that you're opposed to extremism. What if I'm in favor of extreme peace and extreme justice and extreme freedom? Aren't those good things? And so the term extremism is this sloppy word, intentionally sloppy, so that it can discredit your political opponents just because of their ideas being, uh, you know, so far out of the mainstream or something. No, it's an attack on consistency and conceptual clarity. Now, in this case, what escalation is, is an anti-concept trying to evade the actual concepts of aggression and self-defense. You see... If Iran, for example, engages in 200 attacks on U.S. interests across uh, Iraq and Syria, if the Houthis start attacking international shipping, neutral international shipping all over the place, and I mean, it's out of control now, uh, you see, that is aggression. That is outright aggression against the United States and international shipping. If, for example, Lebanon 
harbors, and this is the example that I would really focus on here right now, uh, Israel got all kinds of grief for the alleged escalation of killing Hamas leaders in, Le in, in Lebanon, in Beirut. Well, no, 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 no. It was an act of aggression on the part of Lebanon to harbor them. If I had, if and you know, Americans and people in the West can see this easily with, say, Os uh, um, you know, with it was 9/11 and Al Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. Any country, the Taliban in harboring uh, Osama bin Laden is aggressive against the United States. They are by harboring these aggressors, they themselves are aiding and abetting in the aggression. It is an act of aggression against America and the West to harbor. Al-Qaeda. Similarly, it is an act of aggression on the part of Turkey, Egypt, Qatar, Lebanon, and anywhere else these guys, these Hamas leaders are being harbored. They are engaged in an active act of aggression against Israel. It is not escalation for Israel. It is self-defense. Escalation, if you want to say it's escalation because there might be a response, well, of course there might be a response, but Israel is acting in pure self-defense when it kills, say, Hamas leaders in Beirut. That is pure self-defense. And uh, Lebanon is the aggressor in harboring them. And so this word escalation is this fuzzy anti-concept that is designed to make any act of self-defense look like aggression. And so you see the word escalation sounds aggressive, sounds, oh, you're the bad guys uh, making this war worse. Well, wait, wait, wait hold the phone here. We're, we've got our head in the sand, buried meters in the sand, as there's this coordinated attack that seems to have the sympathy of multiple nations and organizations surrounding Israel, and all of them are the aggressors. And anything that Israel or America does in response is self-defense. And the use of the very use of the word escalation, in my mind, is intentional conceptual distortion. It's like saying it's the same kind of distortion, conceptual distortion. We had a video about Dr. Dr. Binswanger did about the conceptual distortions, like words like genocide being used against Israel on purpose and perversely. Um, here you have a classic example of that. The, uh, uh, it is an anti-concept, uh, this escalation crap, and what it's designed to do is blur out the distinction between acts of aggression and acts of self-defense. Because I don't care where the Hamas leaders are, if you're a nation harboring them, you are engaged in active aggression against Israel. Yeah, Bulls now we see we see the the <clears throat> the talk about escalation as a bad thing. Uh, not just in the context of Israel. So America, you know, the Houthis are attacking daily and America keeps saying we don't want escalation. Uh, when when Israel had the idea on October 7th of maybe acting preemptively against Hezbollah in the, in the, the south of Lebanon, uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't carried out because of fear of escalation. Now, what what is the result of, uh, of that decision to avoid escalation at all costs? Uh, we see that with the Houthis. They are emboldened. They are, they are, um, you know, they, they keep attacking because they know the other side doesn't want to defend themselves. Uh, what is the case with Hezbollah? Hezbollah's attacks uh, uh, are getting much worse by the day. Uh, by the I, day. I, I wonder, you know, we spoke in, uh, in the early days of the war about whether, uh, you know, they're, they're waiting uh, for the moment when Israel is, uh, is tied down in the Gaza Strip to to do their own big attack. It could be that they're waiting for this moment. Israel Israel has now gone to stage three of the war uh, in, in Gaza, and it, it has released many, uh, many uh, reserve soldiers. It is uh, 
taking it easy, so to speak, on on the on in in efforts in Gaza. And this is without Hamas being defeated. This is without rockets stopping. Yeah. So this is uh, long before we get anywhere near achieving the goals. The, of the hostages are still in custody. Yeah, the rockets are still before, coming over into Israel. So long what before hell? Israel has achieved its goals, it is it is stating to its enemy that those goals are no longer are no longer the goals, and it's stating that not only to its enemy in Gaza, it's stating it its enemy in South Lebanon. So the fact that these attacks are are getting worse and worse and, and maybe something bigger is coming should not be a surprise. This was something, and it's not a surprise, by the way, to anybody who's been watching this channel. We've been talking about it since October 7th. We have talked about it long before October 7th. This is, the West has been doing this for decades, telling its enemies, if you attack, we will do the least we can possibly get away with doing. And all you're doing, as you point out, is encouraging more. And what has been the result of our appeasement? In the in, You can see it in the immediate short run. The Houthis are getting more aggressive. The Hezbollah and the Iranian proxies are getting more aggressive in the region. Uh, it's quite obvious you're encouraging them. In fact, you're sending them an engraved invitation, please continue. And the more we use words like escalation, the more we're afraid of escalation, the more we're telling them we surrender. It's in effect saying we surrender. Don't worry, we won't attack back because we're afraid of escalation. No, the way to stop it, obviously the only way that's going to discourage it is by our escalating, escalating our self-defense. And that's what it is, our perfectly moral self-defense. The United States must take aggressive action, if you mean aggressive in the sense of uh, 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 going after the source, which is itself self-defense. The only way, if you really want to stop the aggression, if you really want to stop the violence, then what you do is you hammer them, hammer them hard, punish them, make them hurt, make them suffer. And until and unless we make them suffer enough, they will not stop. They, what you were having is an escalation continuously on the part of the Houthis and the Hezbollah proxies, aren't we? That's a constant escalation. But no, 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 no. We are the ones who, do, who can't escalate. They get to go on escalating. And if we were to escalate, though, that would be, in their terms, that's the only way to stop the violence. So if self-defense is the only way to stop the violence, if hitting back hard, hitting the Houthis directly, hitting Iran directly, and that's really what must happen, that is the only strategy that has any chance for reducing the violence and, quote, de-escalating the situation right now in the Middle East. In, in our attempt to avoid a wider war, we're actually encouraging a wider war. We're, we're sending out engraved invitations to all the other Arab and, and Muslim nations in the area to uh, continue the violence because America won't do anything to protect international shipping. Totally neutral shipping. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse from the Houthis. Why? Because America won't do crap. It tried to get this alliance. It tried to get Canada and Norway and Britain. Some are express some of those nations are expressing questions about what to do. And there has been no decisive action taken against the source. I read in Western media, I read a CNN report this morning saying America has very limited options in dealing with the Houthi attack on international shipping. As they tell us about, you know, how 10 or 15 15% of world trade comes to the Suez Canal. The trillions of dollars in trade that goes to the Suez Canal is being dramatically affected. Of course, what was it, four years ago, the Suez Canal was for a time shut down, and we saw just the temporary effects of that 
of that. That is an act of aggression against every nation engaged in trade in the world. And the United States in attacking the Houthis directly or Iran directly would not be, yes, I guess in one sense would be escalating. I guess we would be getting a little a little more aggressive, but we are not the aggressors. That is the only kind of force that is going to stop this and stop the widening expansion of, of, of the violence around the Middle East. We've got it all completely upside down. So in the name of preventing more violence, we're causing more violence by appeasing more violence, encouraging more violence, continuing the subsidization of more violence. Uh, thank you, Bonnie, for the super chat. Thank you, Jonathan, for the super chat. And thank you, Christian, for the super chat. Christian says General Sherman was guilty of escalation. Smiley face. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, you mentioned the coalition against the Houthis. You know, such a coalition needs to be led, uh, led by someone and led by example. And America's example is the example of let's avoid escalation at all costs. Now, uh, you mentioned if 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 we do take the proper military action, we would be escalating. Well, we would be escalating in the sense that we would be moving the timing of the the more serious war uh, to when it's convenient for us rather than when it's convenient for the enemy. October seventh happened when it was convenient for the enemy. Longtime viewers of this channel will know that we have advocated for uh, for for you know military action against the Palestinians long before October seventh. And that should have been done. That should have been done. You know, there were many, many opportunities to do that. If I can paraphrase Senator Barry Goldwater's famous response 60 years ago to the charge of extremism, I would say escalation in an act of self-defense against savages is no vice. Escalation on the part of these medieval, violent, mystic, collectivist, tribalist, racist, savages is no virtue. So escalation depends on who's doing it. If, if, for example, uh, the uh, uh, Israel had hit back a hundred times harder by October tenth and left Gaza City in rubble, that surely would have been escalation. But good escalation that would have prevented more deaths, prevented more October seventh. And so escalation depends upon who's doing the escalating. If it's the defenders, it's a good thing. Yeah, and by the way, what what such action would have prevented was yeah hundreds of deaths since then of soldiers of civilians uh, killed in terrorist attacks, which you also don't hear about because they're smaller attacks. So uh, it's oh, the Houthis still have uh, the Houthis still have a, a neutral uh, a maritime people hostage. They still have hostages. The Houthis who were just as simply engaged in international trade uh, right now. Right now, yeah, and, and there are, but there are terrorist attacks by Palestinians against Israel on a, on a uh, I don't oh. know if daily basis, but yeah. there, there are daily attempts. They're not always successful. Daily and of course, another thing that such military action in the first couple of days of the war would have prevented was the current situation where hundreds hundreds of thousands of Israelis are unable to uh, to live at home. So the people around Gaza can't go back. Some of them can go back, but uh, not many. And the people of the north can't live there. And Israel's response to that is, well, you can't live there and we're not going to take the action that is going to make it possible for you to uh, go back to live there. We're going to respond when, when Hezbollah fires. We're going to have these pinpoint responses. We're not going to take the action that would clear the area, <clears throat> clear the area in southern Lebanon from which these attacks are coming. And so uh, to make the, the north of Israel 
safer, let's say, if not entirely safe, uh, safer than it is now, where really it does not make sense for anybody who lives there to go back home. So you see, uh, the Palestinians of Gaza aggressively attack civilians in a surprise attack in Israel. Okay, as a result of the self-defense rea uh, reaction, the Western media is aflame with headlines about how all these poor Palestinians are being displaced from their homes, displaced from their homes first in northern Gaza, and now being displaced from their homes in areas in southern Gaza. But what about the displacement of Israelis? both in the north and the south. No, 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 no. If Israelis are displaced from their homes, if they can't go, if they have to hide out every day in bomb shelters, if they can't go back to places where they lived, that's not displacing Israelis. But in an act of self-defense, heaven help, you know, the, the monstrous uh, uh, evil and the and the poor people of, of uh, Gaza who are being displaced by, by an Israeli act of self-defense. It is madness, it is upside down, it is perversity on the deepest conceptual level. Escalation, good, if it's the self-defense, if it's the defense of civilization. Escalation, bad, if it's these monstrous, murderous uh, perpetrators of October 7th. Yeah, we need to put this also in a historical context to realize how unique it is for our time. You know, it, it would make sense for a, uh, a small, weaker country to fear or to not want to escalate things against a stronger enemy, this is completely upside down. Uh, <laughs> Israel can defeat the Palestinians easily, can defeat uh, Hezbollah, not easily because they have let them grow, but uh, easily enough. And, and of course, can cut them off at the source, although that would be very difficult to achieve uh, diplomatically if Israel actually did the only thing I think it can do uh, against Iran. But when it comes to the West, and the West should think of it as, as their war, and, and if not... They should look at the, the streets of Western cities. And if the West looked, looked at it as their war, again, nobody would say, especially against the Houthis, nobody would say, we don't want escalation. We're afraid of escalation. No, you can defeat this enemy easily, you know, yeah, but easily militarily. But we talked about this. It's easy militarily. It's not easy morally with the, with the uh, you know, moral foundations of exactly how it. people operate and actually i want to i want to just make one more point uh, did you see the thing that biden uh you know protesters came to a biden speech uh and and demanded a ceasefire and his response was very apologetic and it was like look i'm doing I, i've managed to uh uh make israel cut down on their attacks again we've been we've been talking about what ceasefire means uh, on this channel ceasefire means hamas wins Ceasefire mean, means more October 7th style attacks. Everybody who is demanding a ceasefire is not anti-war, as many of them call themselves. They are pro-war. They just want the Jews in this particular war to yes. be exterminated. And a right. ceasefire, uh, you know, would help uh, forward their uh, or produce that result. Uh, well, we, continued the action, military slipped. action by Israel. The mask is now starting to really slip, and Biden's total appeasement, his total appeasement of Iran, his total appeasement of the of the Islamic radicals, savages. Now, I think uh, coming off, he was all of what he's been doing. You know, the what sounded good at the beginning was just window dressing uh, for the American public who mostly supports Israel. It really was just window dressing. He, uh, the mask is slipping off now. Absolutely. Uh, there's no question. No. And if Israel were to do something against Iran, which, of course, they should, America should have their back. No, I'm going to take it back. 
America should do something about Iran. It is the world's problem. It is an attack on Western civilization, coordinated, led, and funded by the Islamic Republic of Iran. It is the West's issue. There, and if you can't see their pro proxies now interfering with trade through the Red Sea and the Suez Canal, a direct assault on the free world and the economies of the free world, uh, it is the West's battle. It is civilization versus savagery, period. And if we're going to use anti-concepts like escalation to delegitimize acts of perfectly legitimate acts of self-defense that America, forget Israel, America should be doing against Iran uh, to protect the free world, uh, then we are in a hopeless conceptual state. We've lost the war. Uh, if, if escalation on our part is bad, in the face of all that escalation that we've seen on their part, then we've lost the war. You, yeah, and Israel, Israel has lost the war just by the fact that its stated goal, which, as I've said on this channel repeatedly, I think was not anywhere near enough of a of a you know ambitious goal, and and didn't clearly define the enemy, but it was you know better than nothing. Even mm. its stated goal, they are not. They are. It's it's clear with Israel's recent statements and recent actions that they are okay with Hamas remaining uh, in existence. I don't know to what extent they might remain involved in power, but yeah, that's, uh, that's where Israel is Every single one of these monsters who planned October 7th is dead. Israel should not relent. I don't even understand that kind of talk. Well, there'll be some Hamas, there'll be some of these radical groups still there. Oh, we have to learn to live with them. What will this post, you know, Israeli aggression, now it's Israeli aggression or Israeli escalation. After that, what will the world look like? Well, we'll still, we've still got to coexist with these monsters. There's nothing going to be done to change the way they're educated, change their culture, undo UNRWA's propaganda. And boy, we've been covering that well. I, I, I'm proud of our coverage on that. The UN supports the propaganda of these kids, uh, their hatred of Jews, their hatred of the Western civilization, their love of martyrdom. That's the propaganda these kids are getting. Until that changes, until we stand up and start ideologically identifying the bad guy and, uh, and start making the distinction. Yeah, escalation on the part of the defenders is a good thing. Yeah, it's you guys that have to fear the escalation. Killing Hamas leaders uh, would be a would be a good step towards uh, what needs to be done, but it's not enough because the culture uh, the culture that produced Hamas is still going to be there, and Israel is not even is not even identifying not that even as an enemy. Uh, <clears throat> Willful thinker um, has an excellent comment in the chat that I will. Uh, <clears throat> it is good enough to be read, even though it's not a super chat. He says, uh, even for the leftists uh, lefties in Israel petitioning the government for ceasefire. Uh, not bring them home now, but give them back now. Yeah, there is a problem with the bring them home now slogan because it directs, it, it's directed at Israel and it's directed at Israel in in the uh, sort of demand to negotiate with Hamas and give them what they want to bring uh, home the hostages. And again, we've talked about this as, as, as horrible as it is to say, <clears throat> if Israel was going to act in a way that, that, uh, you know, protects its citizens in the long run, it would have to destroy Hamas uh, knowing knowing that the type of action it would have to take would also make it less likely to bring uh, home hostages compared to, for example, negotiations, which are likely to bring home uh, many of the hostages. 
but will guarantee future hostages. And this is what Israel has always done. They they have guaranteed these hostages with previous hostage deals. How and they are many hostage trades have we done in the past? How many hostage trades has Israel and America done in the past that has only encouraged the hostage taking on October 7th? There is blood on the hands of Israeli and American leaders for their appeasement, for their negotiating for hostages. That's what caused these hostages to be taken. And if we don't take an aggressive action with respect to these hostages, we are just asking for more and more and more. And how many hundreds more? Do you want another 200 and some hostages taken next month and then the month after? Because that's all we're encouraging now. I mean, <clears throat> As I've said, even if it were my own wife who were taken hostage, I would have to think to myself conceptually, how many other people can I ask to be deprived of their wives in order to get my wife back? And I know that's hard. And, and when it came to an individual person, I would understand their psychology as much as I could. But the fact of the matter is that I, and I hope right now in the calm of my objective mind, I could realize that I had no right to demand that other people's wives be taken hostage just because my wife had been. I do have to say, of, of the whole bring them home now movement, the people I have certainly the least amount of uh, negative judgment of are, are the families of course. The hostages. So, uh, yeah, that is... Uh, you know, of course, but the policymakers don't have that excuse. The leaders of our countries don't have that excuse. And the point is that uh, when I put myself in the shoes of those people, I am trying to say I understand as completely as possible. But even they must realize that they're asking for more civilians to be taken hostage. How many more innocent lives is it worth? And that's what you're asking for. Try yeah, not, to mention, to not to mention Hamas knew what it was doing when it took the hostages. They knew what they were doing when they uh, had this deal where some of the hostages were released and were released slowly. They they want to drag this out for oh, years yeah. because they know uh, that it sows these these uh, divisions within Israeli society. And and of course, what the hostages are going through over there, uh, you know, is is uh, absolutely horrific and should remind people why it is the Palestinian people that are the enemy. By the way, on Thursday's episode of the Daily Objective, we are going to uh, talk about that again. We're going to talk about how uh, October 7th was done by the Palestinian people, and we need to be clear about that, and we will explain why that is. This is not just a, uh, you know, slogan-throwing, as as uh, as we're going to talk about, by the way, in a few minutes on the reality show, as Norman Finkelstein is a, is a, a master of. Um, yeah, James... Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a tough, tough topic, as uh, are all the topics we're talking about nowadays. But I think what we're doing here is uh, very valuable. And if you agree with me, please like, share, subscribe and comment, comment on the on, on the video. Uh, if you're not watching it live, comment in the comments that helps with the algorithm. It helps more people hear our arguments, hopefully can use our arguments when uh, when they advocate for the only side that a, a rational moral person can advocate for in this war we are getting we at the ayn rand center uk are getting dangerously close to ten thousand subscribers if you within the hearing of my voice have not yet hit subscribe and become a, a, a subscriber 
to the just a YouTube subscriber, mind you, uh, uh, for the Ayn Rand Center UK, please, I urge you to do so and put us over the top so that we can reach an important YouTube milestone. We're getting that close. And Rosie's hard work, Rosie's consistency and dedication has caused us to have a real explosion in numbers. And now we are getting close to 10,000 subscribers. So please hit like, share, and definitely subscribe. And you know, go to our website, check out the other perks that paid subscribers get and think about becoming a regular paid subscriber so you can get all these other perks. Uh, we're doing important work here, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, if you find it to be a value, pay value for value. Thanks, James. And uh, yeah, uh, there's a link to uh, become a member in the chat. There's also YouTube membership, which is uh, cheaper. Of course, it comes with fewer perks, but it is also, uh, I think, more than worth the price and uh, helps us uh, keep the lights on and continue doing what we're doing. Thank you, James. The reality show starts in about a minute. Uh, again, we will be talking about Russell Brand and Norman Finkelstein. Uh, if we can stomach it, hopefully you can as well. Uh, so thanks, and uh, we'll see you back here with The Daily Objective tomorrow. Bye. Safe.